0: Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. He cried, Make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud, so that the Egyptians heard it, and the household of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brothers,
1: I am Joseph. Is my father still alive?
0: But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. So Joseph said to his brothers,
1: Come near to me, please.
0: And they came near. And he said,
1: I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are yet five years in which there will be neither ploughing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth, and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen and you shall be near me. You and your children and your children's children and your flocks, your herds and all that you have. There I will provide for you for there are yet five years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have do not come to poverty. And now your eyes see, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see, that it is my mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father of all my honour in Egypt, and of all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here.
0: Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept upon his neck and he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. After that his brothers talked with him. When the report was heard in Pharaoh's house, Joseph's brothers have come. It pleased Pharaoh and his servants, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, Do this, load your beasts and go back to the land of Canaan, and take your father and your households and come to me, and I will give you the best of the land of Egypt. And you shall eat the fat of the land. And you, Joseph, are commanded to say, Do this, take wagons from the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives, and bring your father and come. Have no concern for your goods, for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. The sons of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them wagons, according to the command of Pharaoh, and gave them provisions for the journey. To each and all of them he gave a change of clothes, but to Benjamin he gave three hundred shekels of silver and five changes of clothes. To his father he sent as follows, Ten donkeys loaded with the good things of Egypt, and ten female donkeys loaded with grain, bread, and provision for his father on the journey. Then he sent his brothers away, and as they departed he said to them, And Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is still alive. I will go and see him before I die.
2: Hello, everyone. So good to be with you. We are continuing on in our uh, Joseph series, uh, looking at the life of this man, uh, Joseph. And uh, when it, when we look at the Bible, uh, there is a tendency towards what uh, C.S. Lewis uh, would call chronological snobbery chronological snobbery Uh, that is essentially the assumption that uh, when something is old because it's old it must therefore be out of date or irrelevant and conversely when something is new (laughs) by virtue of it simply being new it must be it must be better and we, we we do this with with all sorts of areas of life and if we're not careful we can kind of bring this even to the bible we we can say something along the lines of of course the bible has got wisdom of course it has of course it has it's it's, it's the bible it's been going for for literally around for thousands of years it's it's spun across the, the the globe if you like multiple cultures of course the bible's got some wisdom but 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 let's take what the the bible says with a pinch of salt why because well it was written so long ago attitudes have changed uh, the conversation has progressed that we 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 are very different kind of people to the people sort of 3000 years ago in, in this story we we could come to the bible like that but but when you actually take for example this story the story of joseph this story that we've been looking at for a number of weeks now if you look closely you will see that Joseph is living in a time just like ours. It's economically similar. Uh, Joseph here brings his gifts to bear in a cost of living crisis. The passage says it was a a famine. Uh, This means that Joseph would have known times of going to his local supermarket and there being kind of barren shelves. And as a result of this, inflation (laughs) would have skyrocketed would have gone through the roof. And, and Joseph, here as Prime Minister, it would have been one of his top five priorities, if you like, to, to, to get inflation down, to bring it under control. It's economically similar, but it's also socially similar. You've been tracking with us for the last number of weeks, as I say, you will remember that Joseph, as a 17-year-old, that he he got trafficked, that he was, he was sold as a slave, out of his country by his brothers to another country, as I say, to, to, to work as a slave. He was, he was people smuggled. He was trafficked. This, of course, is one of the evils of, of our day. Uh, more than that, he, he wouldn't just be trafficked. Uh, he would later uh, work a job where he'd be objectified, uh, sexualized, and groped by his, his boss. Uh, and he'd lose that job because he would refuse to perform sex acts with his boss. In fact, even in the news just, just this week just passed, we've, we, we're hearing people of people in, uh, in power that are abusing their power and literally groping people that they, they shouldn't be. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is our culture. This is our time. Uh, furthermore, uh, Joseph would experience racism and discrimination. Uh, we see this in in, in and around uh, the passages that we've been looking at just in recent weeks. In Genesis chapter 43 and verse 32, it says this: it says, The Egyptians could not eat with the Hebrews, the Hebrews, for that is an abomination to the Egyptians. Joseph was a Hebrew. <laughs> uh, Joseph himself would comment on Egyptian culture in Genesis chapter 46 verse 34 and he says of the Egyptians he says every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians and Joseph himself was he was a former shepherd Uh, meaning that uh, with Joseph being a, a Hebrew shepherd with a criminal record who who receives Egypt's top job without climbing up the proverbial ladder just about everything about Joseph is an abomination to the Egyptians he would experience racism and discrimination themes that are still around today he the the times would be politically similar Uh, Joseph again he is the prime minister of a of a country that his family did not originally descend from and he is looking to uh, seek to uh, bring a uh, 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 resolution to an economic situation here. And, and likewise, we find ourselves in a time where we have a prime minister who, though British, born in Southampton, uh, his family line doesn't descend from this country. And, and he himself is having to deal with an economic crisis. Uh, we could say the same about the Scottish first minister. The times are politically similar. But the times are also spiritually similar. Again, the culture in Egypt 3,000 years ago, just like the culture now. If you remember from your year four ancient Egyptian classes, Egyptians, they had multiple, multiple gods, just like the people in our day and age. Now, of course, in our day and age, we wouldn't call them gods, but we relate to them functionally as gods. I can name a number, sex, money, uh, jobs uh, the way we look alcohol drugs uh, I've probably already mentioned that but you get the point we relate to them as what we, as a gods of what we give ourselves to what's the thing that we pursue with all of our might essentially uh, both cultures have uh, many gods and both cultures would be hostile to the God of the Bible. Uh, so when Joseph is, where Joseph is living and working isn't passing him on the back for being a Christian, if you like, a believer in Yahweh, the God of the Bible. What's more, we, we see something of the similarity in cultures. When, when Joseph begins to preach a message, uh, Joseph preaches a message in Genesis chapter 39 of, of sexual purity. He, he preaches that message to Potiphar's wife, if you were with us that particular week. And, and that message of sexual purity doesn't go well for him. In fact, it goes pretty badly for Joseph. He would, he would find himself um, uh, uh, put in prison as a result and cancelled. Again, the cultures are are pretty similar. The the, the preaching of the biblical standard of sexuality and gender isn't something that our culture would readily accept, just like the Egyptian culture. So that. The Egyptian culture and our culture uh, seem to bear uh, real similarity politically, economically, socially and spiritually. Therefore, far from the Bible being outdated and irrelevant, the Bible once again proves itself to be up to the minute current and I'd go so far as to say this I'd go so far as to say that this message the story of Joseph is is the story of our time why because it gives us biblical tools to 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 navigate through uh, 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 physical famines and spiritual famines and so we do well to, 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 to heed the lessons that of Joseph here, because truly what our culture needs now, perhaps more than anything, is, is many Josephs for me and you to rise up and, and take up something of his call. Cool. But Joseph wasn't always like this. He wasn't always this kind of reputable, I say reputable, perhaps that's not the word. He, he wasn't always this kind of great, figure (laughs) Joseph was one time a 17 year old boy again he he, but but he's changed Uh, over the course of 13 years God has made Joseph ready Uh, he has gone through from God significant and I would actually say severe training He's passed tests along the way. And this is what we, I think, I believe it was last week we heard about this. God tests us. And and Joseph passed tests along this 13-year journey. He he passed tests in Potiphar's house. He passed tests with Potiphar's wife. He passed tests in prison. He passed tests with Pharaoh. He's no longer the the naive and and actually arrogant, arrogant 17-year-old boy that he once was no no he 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 he's been made ready by god he's been prepared he's gone through a 13 years of preparation and through his hardships he's learned humility humility it's interesting in this passage his brothers bow down to him His brothers bowed down to him. And at the beginning of his story, you'll remember that God gave him dreams, dreams when he was a 17-year-old boy. And and those two dreams that he had basically were saying that one day, your brothers are going to bow down to you. (laughs) And here we have in this passage, it happened. Prophecy fulfilled. It's like Joseph, it says, even in the passage, Joseph's like, he remembered. Like He's like, ah, yes, this is what it was about. This is what it's about. But he's changed. Again, there's no arrogance about him because his brothers literally, one by one, all bowing at his feet, all 11 of them. But he doesn't gloat. He doesn't rise up from his throne and begin to walk around his brothers with a swagger. He doesn't show off tell you the, the joseph that was the uh, the 17 year old joseph before before god had the, the guy before god trained him through 13 years of difficulties that guy he shows off here he shows off here just just as he showed off his his robe of many colors that that caused his brother t- brothers to quote hate him and not speak peacefully to him Joseph was, he was spoiled. The the favoured son of of the father. It went to his head. But not this Joseph. Uh, This is a different Joseph. This isn't the Joseph that bathed in milk and honey. This is the Joseph that was trained in Egypt HMP. This Joseph could be trusted. He could, he, be, he could be trusted with a position, prime minister, a position of, of great honour because he's he spent 13 years in dishonour. This is a guy that doesn't let kind of criticism or, or accusation get to him, it doesn't take him out because he's already in his life being arrested and accused and thrown in prison. Joseph Joseph doesn't fall into uh, the the... The traps that come with being young, rich and successful. Not, not like other, others would. Even, even great men, great kings like David would and Solomon would. Not Joseph. He's different. He, he, he remains focused on his task. Free from scandal. Husband of one wife. His hands are calloused. But his heart is not. Joseph is a, a real man, a man that's been trained by God. And, and Joseph seems to know it. He seems to know it. He, he speaks with confidence in our passage. I don't know if you, you saw it, but he says this. God has made me Lord of Egypt. Verse five, God sent me before you. Verse seven, God sent me before you. Verse eight, it was not you who sent me. He's speaking to his brothers with confidence, with boldness. God sent me, not you, God. He he sees sees his brother's hands of evil here. He sees the devil's hands of evil here, but he sees God's hand for good over it. No, no, you didn't send me. The devil didn't send me. God sent me. He says it with conviction. He knows. How does he know? How, how does he know? Seriously, how does he know? How could he, be so, how could he speak with such confidence here? Uh, because the truth is, Joseph, he, he sees no angels like his dad. Uh, he, he doesn't wrestle with God like his dad. He sees no heavenly uh, God appearance like his great granddad. Uh, he sees no fire from heaven as in Sodom. He sees no cosmic flood as in the time of Noah. In fact, God doesn't at all in his life speak directly to Joseph. He doesn't. What Joseph has is two dreams. Two dreams. And we all, we all have dreams, right? Two dreams from about 20 years ago. And after that, he stopped having dreams. Two dreams. That was it. Prophetic prophetic dreams, but that was it. This must have been very difficult for Joseph. What's more, he goes to prison and... Other people start getting prophetic dreams from God. Joseph could have been like, "Well, well, well God, you're speaking to, them. you're speaking to him, you're speaking to him. I, I'm not even meant to be here. I'm, I've been falsely accused. These guys are meant to be here, probably. <laughs> and you're giving them dreams, Lord. You haven't spoken to me since I was 17. And you're, you're you, I could would love a dream. I've been in prison for years, years. So you're not, you're speaking to them. This could have been very." very very challenging for for Joseph here and but 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 we see his heart he, he doesn't respond like that he could have but he doesn't uh, we, we see his heart because he begins to enthusiastically interpret other people's dreams he would go up to these prisoners that are receiving these prophetic dreams from God and he says tell me your dream he, come on I'll, I'll, I'll help you I'll serve you let me let me serve you uh, God's given me a gift let, let me, it's not just for myself but, but but again, Joseph could legitimately say that God hasn't spoken to me 20 years. So what's going on here? Well, how can Joseph speak with such confidence when God hasn't told him anything, it would seem? Well, I say this, that God chooses to speak to different ones of us in different ways. That's just... <laughs> That's one of the um, privileges of being God. Like you can choose to speak to whoever you want, however you want. And yes, God can God can do that. And I, I, I will say this though, firstly, that, that God does speak to everybody universally and authoritatively, most clearly and powerfully, directly through his word, through the word of God, through the Bible. If you think, I would just love God to speak to me, literally open this book up. Uh, this is why uh, we spend 30 minutes sometimes, a bit more uh, when I'm preaching, Um, 30 minutes or so um, uh, uh, preaching the Bible and not 30 minutes prophesying, for example. We we love prophecy. Would that we would have more prophecy, truly, truly. Um, But that's how highly we view the word of God and because that's how God speaks. But with that said, in the word of God, uh, we see God speak to different ones of us or different ones in different ways so that we, in the Word of God, in the Bible, we see God speak through dreams, God speak through visions, God speak through angels. He speaks through pictures, through prophets, through people, through poetry, through preachers, through priests. He speaks through creation, what he has made. He speaks audibly. One time he speaks spoke through a donkey. Yeah, <laughs> I said a donkey. He spoke through a donkey. That, that literally happened god god could speak in any way any way he, he he likes but the way that he would speak to joseph that made him so confident because in that list i haven't actually mentioned how god would speak to joseph for pretty much his whole life because the way that god would speak to joseph would actually be through his circumstances through his circumstances now, now we, we don't actually talk about this that often and i think i think the reason for that is because um it's you could fall off the horse pretty badly and hurt yourself and other people actually, um, either side of the horse. So uh, you could fall off the horse this side whereby you, you just go a bit obsessive right you just you know you stub your toe and you think that you know that the sky is gonna god's angry you know you're gonna get hit by lightning or something or something you can just take it too far and be obsessive and and that's not that's not wise or, or at all and you can fall off the other side right which is where you just simply you misinterpret right? you get it wrong uh, we haven't let enough time sort of pass you know joseph joseph could have done this he could have done this. He he could have been, he was in prison for many years and he could have interpreted that as, you know, God's favour has left me. Maybe I, I've done something wrong and I'm going to, you know, and God just basically has cursed me. When it was, the opposite was true. God was pruning him and training him because he loved him, because he had this plan for him to save the the, the, the world, if you like, through through him, him being prime minister. And so those are the pitfalls there. But the truth is, regardless of that, <laughs> God still will speak, regardless of the dangers. He will still speak to you through your circumstances. And you need to have wisdom to be able to, and and, and give it some distance as well, not just every single day. You need to kind of, it takes wisdom to do this, but it's true. And this is how God spoke to Joseph, apart from those two times at the beginning, uh, when he was 17, for the majority of his life. And if you're a Christian here, you understand something of this, right? This is something that you know. Uh, you you may not know that you know it but you do you've experienced this you 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 will experience you would have experienced God's nudge what I mean by that is 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 when God sort of brings about circumstances in your life whereby the next step just seems like well this this is the obvious step you know you may have had some children for example and you're where you live is too small, and you may think, "Well, I think we need to get a new place." God's kind of speaking to you there through your circumstances. It's God; He's saying, "Look, I want you to go and get somewhere else, move to somewhere a little bit bigger." For example, but 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 God will speak to you. He He will nudge you to to move location, to to try for a child, to rent the flat, to accept the offer, to move from on move on from those friends, to to pick that course, to propose. So that so that while we would certainly say that God speaks through, you know in big dramatic kind of ways he, he can and he does do that he and he will but he also just as much seems to love to speak to us through the ebbs and flows of our our day-to-day life so so this is how joseph god would speak to joseph he learned that god would give him situations to 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 move on and learn from he learned that god would speak to him through obstacle and opportunity and joseph had plenty of obstacles <laughs> boy did joseph have obstacles his his brothers uh, were the uh, were the in- initiators of the obstacles in his life to be honest uh, his brothers would bully him from bully him from the, 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 the formative years of his life. They would they would um, they would outnumber him. 10 to one, they would, they would strip him of his robe of many colors. They would throw him in a pit. They would, as we've already discussed, traffic him out of the country. Their own flesh and blood trafficked him out of the country. Uh, he would then, as a result, be forced to work a job uh, where he would be objectified, as we were again, we've already discussed. And, 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 and in that situation, he would be just over 12 years a slave. He would later on be accused of attempted rape. And then he'd spend the rest of his 20s in a prison cell. This this is no small thing. These are are crimes that these brothers who are now bound before him have committed against him. So much so that if they were tried in a court of law in this country today, um, these brothers wouldn't be called brothers. They'd more likely be um, called a a gang or a, a ring They'd be tried for modern slavery, a, 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 a crime which carries up to life imprisonment under the two thousand and fifteen Modern Slavery Act. Therefore, these are serious crimes. Like this isn't just these brothers have, you know, ripped him off out of a couple of thousand pounds. Like this is like, <laughs> these are real serious sins. His brothers, they do well to kind of shrink back from and stand back as as he stands before them. Yet Joseph, he's not calloused. He, he, he's, he's not let the bitterness, he's not let bitterness against his brothers poison his heart. He's not let his hard times uh, give him a hard heart. This is what it says. It says this, it says, Then Joseph could not control himself for all those who, who stood by him. He wept aloud so that the Egyptians heard it it says and then he goes on to forgive his brothers and Joseph here still has a soft heart he still has a a soft heart despite all he's been through all of the obstacles (laughs) he comes out out of 13 years of persecution and his heart isn't hard and bitter and angry oh what's happened to me so unjust his heart is soft, and, and we see his softness not in the fact that he cried, but in the fact that he forgives his brothers. And, and friends, this is the test. <laughs> this is the test for you. It's the test for me. The question is this. Are the trials that you are going through currently, are they making your heart harder or softer? Be honest. We see Joseph's heart through trial and tribulation grow softer, and he would forgive his brothers. In what is something of a masterclass of forgiveness, the way he does it is is sensational. It's a real high point of scripture. The the reconciliation of of these wonderful of this of this clan, of this these brothers, this what would be a nation. But what we're meant to see. Is is Jesus, truly, because as we've been saying through this series, Joseph is something of a a preview of Jesus. He's a, a trailer for Jesus. He's a, a foretaste of Jesus. Jesus would come later on in history. Joseph would be born into history first. But but when you see Joseph, you see so much of the work of Jesus Christ, what Jesus would ultimately fulfill in, 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 in a greater in to a greater and higher level, if you like. And we're meant to see ourselves in these brothers, because we are the, the ten brothers. We are the ten brothers. We, 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 have, sinned against, um, we have sinned against the favoured son, the son of God. And through our sin against this favoured son, he would die. He would go down into the pit, the pit of death. God would raise him up on the third day and God would raise him up to the, to the same status, if you like, as Joseph has here, to, to Lord, the status as Lord. And so that all people from all regions would, would come to Jesus for salvation, just as all people from all regions would come to Joseph to save them. And then as the brothers stand before their brother and Lord, Joseph, they, they shrink back. He has to ask them to come forward. It's almost like they're full of guilt. They're full of shame. And again, this is where we're supposed to see ourselves from Jesus. Because we can tend to be like this, can't we? But we can tend to want to, to shrink back. We can tend to shrink back by avoiding church. Perhaps you just think, oh, I just I just won't come. I just won't come. I just feel so guilty. I just feel so bad. I feel so... Rubbish about myself that uh, we can shrink back from uh, by 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 feeling too guilty even to pray. Certainly, kind of pushing the Bible away, or or, or 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 perhaps it's we we are coming to church, but we just feel like who am I to raise my hands? Like I, I don't deserve to raise my hands here. I can't, who am I? I just it'd be a, a joke. We these brothers before their lord have the same impulses as we can have before ours but but what does joseph what does joseph say to them he says this says this so joseph said to his brothers come near to me please and they came near Joseph says to his brothers, come near to me, please. What does Jesus say to me and you when we have sinned, messed up, just feel just really rubbish ourselves? Maybe even you hate yourself. Maybe you go so far as to say, I hate myself. I hate what I'm into. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. What does Jesus say when we're covered in guilt and shame and stains? He says what Joseph says. Come near to me, please. That's what Jesus says. Jesus, you need to hear this. Jesus still wants you. Jesus still wants you. In spite of your sin, it it doesn't matter about the shame in one sense. Through your guilt, he just wants you. He just wants you. He, Jesus just wants you. He wants you to come to him and receive forgiveness, receive grace, receive mercy. As Joseph's brothers receive mercy from him. He doesn't bark. He doesn't bite. If you come to him in humility, he won't. Come near to me please Jesus says and he says this in John chapter 6 verse 37 this is Jesus speaking himself he says whoever comes to me whoever comes to me I will never cast out I will never cast out he says come near to me please and if you come near to me I promise I will never cast you out. What does that mean? That means if, even if it's the hundredth, hundredth, thousandth time, you've you've said sorry, you've, you it's a sin that you keep on, it's habitual, you just keep on falling again and again and again. Oh, sorry, Lord, and again and again and again. You think, oh, I've, I've, I've used up all my tokens of forgiveness now, surely. I've said sorry so many, Jesus says, I will never cast you out. He will never lash out at you. He'll never raise his hand. He'll never sort of, uh, uh, you know, take off his slipper no no he receives you just as joseph's brothers receive him excuse me joseph receives his brothers it's wonderful it's wonderful and 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 jesus would jesus would go to great lengths excuse me joseph would go to great lengths to forgive his brothers and i'll end with this Joseph would go through great lengths to forgive his brothers what we see in this passage is Joseph really 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 want his brothers to know that they're forgiven basically he really wants them to know after he went through a bit of a kind of wobble in previous chapters he's like no I I choose to forgive them so he orders everybody out he draws them close he invites them up to his throne he weeps with them he kisses them and he forgives them Instead of payback, they receive pardon. Instead of revenge, they receive remission. Instead of comeuppance, they receive compassion. Where the axe should have fallen on their necks, it says Joseph fell upon his brother's necks and wept with them. He wanted his brothers to really know, <laughs> really know that they had been forgiven, like really know her. Why? He wanted them not to, they're starting a new life in Egypt. They're, they're moving from their kingdom and they're now moving into a new kingdom under the lordship of, of Joseph. And he didn't want them looking over their shoulders in the new kingdom. Is Joseph gonna change his mind? Is, is, he, is he gonna lash out at us? he, he didn 't want them he didn 't want them living in this new kingdom of egypt, ruled by their big their, their brother, guilty and ashamed, living their new life kind of head down, oh gosh, yeah, okay, he's forgiven us, but I just feel really guilty about what I did. just feel really ashamed of myself for for selling for trafficking my brother i just feel, he didn 't want that he wanted them to to really know, <laughs> and so he goes through. He, he goes to lengths to ensure that they know, to, to offer them this wonderful gospel, good news package, <laughs> so they would feel forgiven, they would know it, that unforgettable day and moment that Joseph completely forgave us of everything. And, 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 and they would know because Joseph was willing and able to forgive them of, 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 of modern slavery anything else they're human beings they'll sin against Joseph again they're brothers they'll quarrel maybe they'll they'll fight that kind of thing but they will know if they cast their mind back to that day the the, how much they've been forgiven from this brother from Joseph the Lord there that any other sins of course of course he'll forgive If if he can forgive that of course he'll forgive this other stuff And once again, it's a a picture of the gospel. It's a picture of what Jesus would do for us, you and Jesus. Jesus goes to great lengths that you would know you have been forgiven through faith. If you believe in him, he's forgiven you. He would be nailed to a cross. He would publicly die in front of a crowd, covered in blood, completely naked. That unforgettable day that secured your forgiveness He would offer you a a package like Joseph, moving from your kingdom into a new kingdom, a kingdom ruled by your brother, Jesus, the Lord. That's what he would do. He would go to great lengths. He, He doesn't want you in this new kingdom, the kingdom of God, walking around feeling guilty. Yes, it's appropriate to mourn sin. Yes, it's appropriate to confess sin. Yes, it's appropriate to approach Jesus with humility and, and, and contrition when we've sinned. Yes, all those things are true. But as soon as you approach Jesus and, and, and come near to him as he requests, all gone. I tell you, it doesn't make sense to stand out in the cold. It doesn't make sense to to stand at a distance away from Jesus because that's the location of, that's the address, that's the residence of guilt and shame. But we so often think that if we get close to Jesus that we're going to feel even more guilty and more ashamed when it's the opposite. Jesus came and died for sin. That's of first importance, is the foundational pillar of the gospel, forgiveness of sins. You come to Jesus, he removes it, he died for it, he died for sin and he wants you to make use of his grace it's it's no service to him to say i'm going to stand back no it's 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 arrogance to do that it's pride it's saying i don't i I feel too i don't i'm not going to come to you you i'm not going to accept your gift that's how jesus looks at it don't do that don't do that he wants to give you good things you come to him he will never cast you out come near to me he wants you to come in so you can come and you can repent of your sin you can confess it first lord jesus I did this, I did it. Yes, Lord, I did. I'm sorry, Lord, I repent. I turn away from it. I choose with your help, please help me to turn away from this. And I believe, I believe that you've died for me. You've settled the score. You've paid the price. God doesn't hold our, my sins against me. He holds them against you, Jesus. He held them against you on the cross, literally as you were held against a tree, a wooden cross. And that's faith. You need to express faith as you come to Jesus. But and as you receive forgiveness, I'll end with this. You also need to forgive. There's, there's a two pronged <laughs> reality in this passage. There's, there's the, the reality that we must come to Jesus for forgiveness. For the first time, forgiveness to become a Christian. For the hundredth, millionth time, for forgiveness for our sins. But there's also the reality that we must be as Joseph here. Just as Jesus has forgiven you of your sin, you must, you must forgive. You must forgive whoever. So who who is the person that you need to forgive? I trust by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will be seeing a face right now. That, That face that you see in your mind's eye, that's the person that God wants you to forgive. So you must forgive them. The Bible doesn't say forgiveness is, is, the Bible says forgiveness is necessary. You have to forgive, otherwise you won't be forgiven. But while the Bible says forgiveness is necessary, it never once says it's easy. So let's receive Jesus's forgiveness ourselves and dispense Jesus's forgiveness. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for Jesus. I thank you for this vivid example of how Jesus forgives us. Thank you, Lord, that we're the brothers. Thank you, Jesus, that you're like Joseph. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Joseph was like you. <laughs> and, and, and gives us this wonderful picture for us to understand better. Oh, so this is what it's like. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you'd be so gracious and forgive us instantly. Thank you that you, you want us to come to you. You, you. you beckon us, you call us forward up to your throne, come near to me, please, even up to your very throne, treating us like royalty, Lord. We don't deserve it, but Lord, we gladly receive it in the name of Jesus, amen.